Hey gang, how are we doing today? Welcome to the Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Chris. And today we are going to talk about phases of dieting. We have a really great article. I'll say this, Chris linked, well he's going to link a really great article, uh, Should I Bulk, Cut, Reverse, or Maintain, uh, from our, our uh, plethora of articles on our blog, on our website. Um, and then he, he dives a little bit into intuitive eating versus intentional eating, uh, what are they and which ones suits you a little bit, um, but mostly we're going to talk about the, the three phases of dieting. Now, one thing I want to say is that recently, the idea of reverse dieting has been a topic of discussion um, in that there's been some new research and some new papers put out suggesting that this isn't really a thing. There's there's a lot of nuance to it, and I think that um, I think that it depends on the frame or the lens that you're looking at looking at it through. Meaning, like reverse dieting is just as simple as adding calories back into your diet, trying to maintain the same weight. Mm-hmm. That's like, I don't think you would get any argument uh, from, from anyone about that in the, in the fitness space. Um, is that yeah. how, you, for those who understand calories, for those, that, calories yeah, yeah, yeah. Is right. that how you understand like reverse diet? This is a gross oversimplification yeah. for sure. But sure. your, your idea of reverse dieting, like we'll get into the other three, but reverse dieting, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Um, I think there's many ways to take that. I think it's it depends on the individual. Sure. Everything depends on the individual. Sure. It depends on the reality, their expectations, where they're at in their goal, pertaining to their goals and reaching their goals. But really what it is, it's an opportunity to come out of a phase of fat loss yep. or come out of a phase of bulking to maintain whatever it is you just uh, – brought yourself through. Yeah. Uh, it can be a slow, steady process. And that might be the case for someone who's a beginner. Um, but somebody who's a little more advanced, like you or I, who kind of knows what we're doing and and just kind of have been through the different phases of cutting, maintain, maintaining and bulking and everything in between or whatever. Right. Um, we have the tools to be able to do that. So like beginning of last year, I tried a aggressive deficit for fast loss, fat loss, where instead of essentially the premises is instead of doing like a fat loss period over two to three months time where you're slowly chipping calories away to make it slow, steady, sustainable and not be all that uh, difficult on you ultimately. It is doing a shorter four to six week aggressive deficit where you're drastically reducing calories, keeping protein very high to keep satisfaction there to drop weight, uh, fat loss while minimizing muscle loss, Mm. um, in a shorter period of time. And then going immediately back up to maintenance calories and knowing that really nothing's going to happen, you know, because it also depends on the. I like to say well-oiled machine of the person's body. Like, is this a body that's been through phases of uh, cutting weight, maintaining weight, intentionally bulking, going into a cut to drop body fat, preserve muscle mass, change body composition, all that stuff, and then continuing to lay the foundations, all that together, you know? So, um, again very individualistic, you know, I could try to put somebody through an aggressive fat loss and they could do terribly on the four week fat loss and not be able to stick to it. And then, it's a whole other thing. So it ha- the person has to be prepared to be intentional and purposeful with whatever that phase is. Yeah. Period. 
<laughs> yeah, I love I love that. And, and yeah, I, I didn't want to go off on a tangent on the reverse dieting sure. thing. It's just something that's been on. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's been something that's on the radar. And maybe we can do like a whole, like a totally yeah, separate I think we should. episode uh, on reverse dieting on its own. Um, but the three that are most common would be cutting, yep. maintenance, and then obviously going into a surplus um, or a massing phase or weight gain bulking, whatever yeah, bulking mm-hmm. how, however you want to say it so yeah as coaches and as uh you know purveyors of the uh, fitness lifestyle that we live <laughs> these are the three as muscle enthusiasts muscle that enthusiasts. we are yeah. remember yeah. <laughs> i do remember that someone asked us if we what would they ask us if we were like we, we, uh, we all was went at a restaurant di- yeah we all yeah, went to dinner or... one night and someone said are you like a like a bodybuilding team or something yeah. Or wait. And then you just said, uh, yeah, we went to a restaurant on a Wagstaff retreat in yeah. Austin a couple years ago, yeah. uh, many years ago, actually now. And then, yeah, someone said to you, because they looked at you guys and all of us, and they're like, what are you guys, like bodybuilders or athletes or something like that? And you're like, we're all just muscle enthusiasts. Yeah. And they're just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, it was great. I love muscle that answer. I've been using that ever since. Yeah. yeah it's one mm-hmm. of my, yeah, I'll, one of my finer moments, I guess. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we wanted to take like this this episode and kind of go over these three phases. And we're going to talk a little bit about how Chris and I have um, dealt or gone through with some of these uh, different phases and also uh, get into how we work with clients through these phases because some stuff is easier than others. Um, and yes. sometimes it's challenging to um, convince people uh, mm. that – maybe cutting forever and trying to lose weight forever is not the best thing. So, um, no. but we'll get into that in a, little, in a little bit. So, um, Chris, why don't you go ahead and start off, uh, here with, uh, let's go with cutting, I guess. Yeah. Well, before to preface that, so ultimately, no matter the phase that you're in, there's one important thing to keep at the forefront of your mind, no matter what your goal is. And it's that we should be eating and working out for a lifetime and not just for a period of time. Mm. Like your intensity is going to change in whatever period of in that period of time, depending on your goals and your lifestyle. And obviously, the reality that you're living in and how that aligns with your ability to deliver on that intensity and that purposefulness, if you will, in achieving whatever your goal is. So um, improving your physique is going to require embracing some discomfort or a lot of discomfort. (laughs) We try to minimize (laughs) that discomfort as WAG coaches to the best of our ability, but ultimately that discomfort is up to the choices that you make and are willing to make. Um, So if you want to build muscle, you'll have to eat more and lift hard. Even if your tendency is to restrict and stick to cardio, you know, which a lot of people like to just run themselves through the ringer with too much cardio and not enough food. And then they expect to feel great and build muscle. And that's the exact opposite of what that's going to (laughs) do. Plain and simple. Uh, If you want to lose body fat, you're going to have to get good at delaying instant gratification and accepting some hunger because it is in direct opposition of what your body has evolved to do, which is to keep you alive. (laughs) Think of your stored body fat as the plan B to when you're not giving it enough food or when food is scarce. And that's what we evolved to adapt to is that we had periods where we had food, we had periods where we didn't have food, and the periods where we didn't have periods where we didn't have enough food. Guess what helped give you energy? That excess body fat. You so you right? mean to tell me that back in the caveman days, mm-hmm. they didn't have Chick Fil A? No, dude. No, unfortunately, no. I want to you see know? the papers. I want to see the studies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, more study is is necessary, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have yet to uh, uncover any. Um, you know, Chick-fil-A neon signs and the deeper <laughs> levels of uh, archaeology. Yeah, exactly. That's so, funny. 
right. But no, that's, so, that's exactly right. I mean, <laughs> jokes, jokes aside, that's, jokes that's, aside. that's exactly, that's exactly right. Could, that's the science of it. Yeah, totally. And, and it doesn't get any more complicated than that. Yeah. And, uh, and, but that's that's the importance of understanding calories in and calories out and taking yourself through these phases so that you understand more. And the more you know, the better that you can do and the better that you're going to squeeze results out of these intentional phases. So getting into cutting. Cutting is probably the number one thing that most of our clients come in and hire a WAG coach to do is like, my habits and behaviors are, are not very good and I need to change those and I need the accountability of a coach to help me do that or to help me understand or all of the above. So cutting is a, an intentional phase of eating in a reduced calorie intake to promote weight loss slash fat loss. Ideally, fat loss, meaning it's body fat coming off of you, not muscle tissue and all these things. So the job is to, or the goal is to lose weight and body fat while maintaining as much lean possible, lean muscle as possible when partnered with a good strength training protocol. Um, so, uh, obviously we put a large emphasis on protein and carbs during the cutting phase, uh, to support continued performance in the weight room or the gym. Uh, you've got to eat sufficient protein, um, so that it, that ensures that the weight loss that you are losing is mostly fat mm -hmm. with a limited impact on your strength, performance, and muscle mass. Cause what's the point of pursuing fat loss. If you're just going to feel like crap during that process, uh, you're, you know, your workouts suck, you're not getting stronger, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, like that's not a good place to be, you know? So we want to work against that a little bit and help you feel good. So, so yeah. it's important to continue to, to train as usually. So you're keeping the stimulus on your muscle fibers there and putting the biasness on the muscle time under tension to build and preserve muscle mass. Um, you know, despite the calorie cut. So, uh, cutting has a time and a place, but it isn't forever. Like yeah. we talked about in the beginning, like people who are constantly dieting, um, you're going to have a bad time. If you pizza, when you're French fried, you're <laughs> going to have a bad time, you know? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. uh, so what are the benefits of <clears throat> cutting weight, right? Most of the time it's just weight loss, fat loss. It's a, you know, appearance, it's body composition changes, body fat decreases, potentially if you're a newbie, um, you know, if you're kind of new to working out and fitness in general, you're probably gonna have better results than somebody who's a seasoned person in certain phases because your body is, uh, is adapting to this newly redefined stimulus and stuff like that. So it might have a easier and quicker time adapting to it. So, uh, you're going to look leaner. And then ultimately what you're doing is you're revealing the muscle mass you have underneath the layers of body fat. Yeah. So the thing I like to tell my clients is that training builds the body you want to see. And essentially think of it as like, chipping away at your Michelangelo statue, you know, chipping and putting the physique in place. And then your nutrition is what supports and reveals that said body. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. So that's a great way. So yeah, so that's kind of, that's cutting weight, fat loss in a nutshell. Yeah. Essentially, you know, I, I think that, I mean, there's, yeah, th like you said, that's it in a nutshell. Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple things that, I mean, I know that I've, I've worked with clients through, you know, the, the constant, like, oh, I, you know, I'll just use a, um, made up person here, a, a guy who he's, you know, he's 200 pounds. He wants to weigh 185 pounds, 185. That's his goal. That's his, you know, yep. and he's, you know, he's really active. Or, I mean, he's pretty active, you know, but he, generally he, it's running is this mm -hmm. thing. I want to lose weight. I'm going to run. I'm going to burn calories. I'm going to run some more, you know. He gets down to 185 pounds. Now, this is not everyone, but I'm but this has happened to me multiple times. I'm sure Chris has had um, worked with people like this. I know that um, just about every coach that we have probably has worked with someone like this. They get mm -hmm. to their goal weight, and it's not what they expected. Nope. 
the whole, the, okay, so the the muscle. I want I want to see more muscle, more definition. I'll probably need to lose five more pounds. <clears throat> so the cut continues. Mm-hmm. You hit one eighty. Oh, it's not quite what I thought. Then it's one seventy five. Then yeah. it's one seventy, and so on. This this cycle can be very very dangerous to get into because you just continually deprive yourself of the nutrients that you need to achieve the body that you want. And as coaches, it is up to us. I mean, it is up to us to get you to your goal, to what you want. However, getting to that goal might not be, or it might, getting to that goal uh, might take a different route than you expected. Yes. And that's, or it may not take, one phase of fat loss right that's to get you to what you have imagined your goal yeah, is exactly in your mind. exactly yeah. exactly and mm-hmm. that's one of the as, as we go through these phases we'll, we'll talk about that some more but it's but when we were leading into this topic and talking about cutting and how dangerous that can be just continually trying to cut like the thought of your you needing to be less all yeah. the time Good point. Like that yes. pervades like like much... less is somehow more. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That can be pervasive in a lot of other areas in your life, um not just with weight loss, but the idea that like yeah, less is more. If I weigh mm-hmm. less, people will like me more. If I weigh less, I'm going to have more muscle definition and people will notice this. If I weigh less, people will notice me on the street and at work <clears> they'll <throat> ask me if I've lost weight and there's all these things that are perceived just based on what you think might happen if you lose weight and you put your body through a lot of turmoil and a lot of hardship in order to get there. And I'm not saying that losing weight is bad. I'm not saying that having the desire to drop body fat is a negative thing. It's not. If you, if that's what you want, cool, we can help you do that and we can help you do it in a safe way. It can However, have many health benefits. Yes, there's a ton. But it of cannot. Be- yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's a ton of benefits to it. Um, and then there's a point though where if it gets too extreme or it goes for too long, you gotta you gotta change it up. And yeah, it's for your own health. It's for your long term <clears throat> health, your short term health. I mean, there's so many benefits to adding more calories back in and doing a maintenance phase or maybe even mm-hmm. a massing phase to achieve your goal. Everything has its time and place, but the key thing here that I wanted to elaborate on is if that mindset continues, it can be really, really uh, uh, troubling, or I don't want to say dangerous, but I suppose it could be dangerous at a certain point um, and and hard to get out of. Yeah, hard to get out of. So um, as coaches, we want to be very careful with that. We want to help you get to where you want to go, but... We, want, well, we want you to have a good time while you're getting yeah. there. <laughs> we, we, want you know? you, we want you to pizza when you should yeah. pizza and French yeah. fry when, when you're you ready to French fry. That's yeah. what we want. That's what yeah, we, we want. don't want you tripping yourself up or being your own That's right. worst enemy or as we talked about on previous podcasts, like we can often be our biggest limiting factor. Yes. It's not external factors. It's nobody else. It's you. That's right. It's me. Right. That's right. Um, on that note, what's what's a good cue for when you see that a person is just struggling to maintain a deficit and push for that next five pounds or that two pounds or hoping to get to where all uh, bets are off and they hit the finish line, they met their goal, and then now they get they get to stop working because they met their goal and yeah. now they don't need to do anything to maintain this. Like, uh, 
would that be a sign, like say maybe somebody struggling to maintain a deficit is one of the purest signs of needing to do something different? Yeah, man. Oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> great question. And, um, I mean, for, so I can speak for myself, obviously, uh, other coaches might have different cues and different things to look for, but I know sure. that when we, I say we, me and a client, when we're working through a cut and working through a deficit and it's approaching that 12 week, 12, 16 week area. And all of a sudden, um, hunger and cravings start to kick up. Um, maybe they have a few days of really, really solid tracking. And then one day where it's completely off the rails, um, like an, an implosion. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't seem to, um, control it no matter how much we work to do that um that right there is the beginning of like the the red flags there might even be some things that come up before that um but there's such thing as diet fatigue um and Mm -hmm. there's there's some signs that we just look for and you know that's one of them is like just driving it like i'm trying so hard i'm like i'm eating so little and i'm trying so hard and then by thursday or friday I just can't do it anymore. And you tripled your calorie count in a day Mm -hmm. and you start, you start that crazy yo-yo, um, you know, fluctuation thing. And and that can be really tough. And there's, again, lots of other things to look forward to look for. Um, but that is one of the big ones that I start to look for and start to, you know, keep an eye on timeline and how they're reacting to, uh, the macros that we have. Uh, what about, what about you? Anything like, um, I agree with everything you said in my own personal experience for a great example actually is like, so, you know, I started out uh, with WAG being coached at 246 pounds was like my highest recorded weight. I'm sure it was higher, probably 250, something like that. But that was like my highest weight. And that was after a dude who did CrossFit, lost 20 pounds, justified eating the way I did because I did CrossFit five times a week and I was a CrossFit coach. So I was like, oh, these things are built in so I can eat whatever I want. Paleo, paleo, like paleo became 80, 20, 70, 30% of the time and then 50, 50. And then it's like, motherfucker, you're not paleo. You know what I mean? Like you're not it at all. Like you're maybe doing that four days a week and then you're whatever the heck fits in your mouth the rest of the time. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I fluctuated up. So, uh, I thought, like we were talking about at the beginning, you know, when people think that they have like an ideal goal weight, being 246, I'm like, oh, I probably got like 20 pounds to lose and I'll probably look pretty good. 20 pounds came and went. Nope. Wasn't what it was. 30 pounds came and went. Hmm. 40 pounds came and went. Yeah, not quite. I lost 60 pounds in two years thinking all I needed to lose was 20 pounds. And boy, was I wrong. Wow. And I will say the closer I got to my goal body weight, because it was the same thing, like oh, 185 looks pretty good. Let's see what 180 looks like. 180 looks pretty good. Let's see what 175 looks like, Mm. right? Um, What happened was the closer I got to my goal and the more restrictive I had to be in order to obtain it, Mm. the more likely I was to self-sabotage, meaning being structured five days of the week and then just non-structured hedonism on the weekends and then start back over again, repeat, ad nauseum. Yeah. Where's that going to get me? Not very far, Not right? very far. Yep. Not very far. So I had to do something different, right? I had to take some breaks. I had to get some refeed days in there. I had to yeah. do other things to get me back up to maintenance calories to actually know what that was like. And then in a sense, like we, I, I like to use with my clients is having structured hedonism or a refeed day where you get to purposely eat closer to maintenance calories yeah. in a structured manner to get the psychological, physical benefits of eating more calories to take that break in a positive 
productive way to keep you on the right path to what you say your goals are, (laughs) you know, to help make that process easier on you. So that's the thing that like, yeah, we go through 12 to 14 weeks of fat loss. It's like, Hey, let's take a break for a week or two. Maybe it's no tracking. Maybe that's the break. And you just eat intuitively to practice those things. Or maybe Mm -hmm. we intentionally bump your carbs and fats up while keeping protein at a decent amount to keep you satisfied and full and preserve all that beautiful muscle mass that you're working hard to build. Like the thing I think about is like, if you're putting the work in the gym, you, and you're not fueling it with your nutrition, you are no better than a hamster just spinning on a wheel going nowhere. You're putting in all this work and you're generating nothing. (laughs) And so that's where nutrition comes in. And that's why we need to go through these intentional breaks of like, Hey, let's remind you what it feels like to eat sufficient calories again, then get that little bit of fog out of you, you know, and get that out of your system. And then we can launch back into a fat loss phase for another four, six weeks, see how it goes. And if you're open to it, we'll do another diet break. And then when you know, you get those structured diet breaks to look forward to, you're more likely to stick to the path, man, totally. and take your coach's uh, advice. And then you're more likely to succeed. And you'll get to your results quicker. And the quicker you get to the results, that's where the beautiful part comes because now you get to work on maintaining them yeah. instead of fighting against things, yeah. you know? And oh, what a beautiful, liberating place to be. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's I I love to take people through that as like our, mm-hmm. um, like as the year progresses. You know, structured fat loss phase, structured maintenance phase, structured fat loss phase, maintenance phase, and 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 so on. Not saying that it needs to go between cutting and maintenance the whole time. Like you can do a mass phase in there. I know I can talk about my personal like dieting structure that I like to follow throughout the whole year. But these maintenance phases are really, um, really important. Uh, Yeah. You want to talk about maintenance phases real quick, actually? Um, Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as you've probably gathered by now hearing us talk, like essentially maintenance is um, the ability to maintain your body weight, your muscle mass and your physique, and that you're essentially just kind of adjusting calorie intake based on your activity levels or your energy balance across the week. Energy balance simply meaning calories in versus calories out. Mm -hmm. So we know that it being in a calorie deficit, it means you're eating fewer calories or you're burning more calories than you're eating. Uh, At maintenance, you're eating roughly an equivalent uh, of calories to your activity level. And right. then when we're in a bulk or a surplus, you're eating a little bit higher than your maintenance calories. That's no more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, so just like cutting and bulking, the maintenance phase is purposeful. Mm-hmm. The goal is to eat the number of calories that allow you to maintain your body weight, your body composition, body composition, as well as your performance and ultimately strength. Um, so you're going to have the beautiful thing about being in maintenance is that you're going to have more flexibility around your nutrition targets, which can be very liberating, but a little leeway can sometimes be taken farther than we plan. So right. again, that's where that purposeful thing comes in, because if you think of maintenance and not tracking as a free for all, you're going to backslide into your old habits and behaviors that got you into that boat in the first place. Yeah. But oftentimes the slow, steady fat loss and what we like to portray and, and work and process our clients through is that the knowledge, the know-how, the skills, the discipline that you develop through this is what's going to be the liberating factor of making your maintenance phases more and more successful. That's it. You know, Bingo. that's it. And so the benefits of that is when you need a diet break from your bulk or your cut, uh, when you want to grow to understand your, um, grow your understanding of food, uh, macros and other nutrients without uh, gaining or losing weight, you know, um, you want to improve your relationship with food without feeling the pressure to change your body necessarily, which is, whoa, what a thought, (laughs) what a thought, right. (laughs) To not be just trying to push, 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 but to actually just chill 
for a bit and enjoy the fruits of your labor and enjoy some freedom. Like I want that for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, you know, uh, of, of just many things, these are just kind of the higher bullet points, but like, you know, when you want to step away from strict tracking and, uh, beginning to eat more intentionally and in mindfully and learning, taking essentially the training wheels, which is tracking your food on how, like, I like to use the analogy of like learning to ride a bike, uh, with training wheels is essentially learning to weigh and measure your food and tracking macros. Yeah. It's the foundation of understanding of how to keep yourself upright, using your skills and knowledge to then strip the training wheels off, i.e. the tracking and macro tracking to then go do it based on what you know. Mm-hmm and has worked for me. So that's what you stand to gain from periods of fat loss and bulking and stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, maintaining in a nutshell. Yeah. Maintenance is, is so important. Um, I mean, if, if we're talking about coming straight out of a, uh, cutting phase, which is Mm. oftentimes when maintenance is usually first applied is coming out of a fat loss phase. Um, I mean, you're going to feel like a superhero, all of a sudden, like you got it. So we have to think about it like this. Um, if someone comes in, uh, to on a fat loss diet, generally we're going to t- remove 20 to 25, maybe 30% of on a more their, aggressive side. Yeah. Right. Right. If you have a lot of weight mm-hmm. to lose the, the, the more, the higher the percentage would be of a calculated maintenance. So, mm-hmm as a coach, we'll figure out roughly based on your activity levels and your goals and things like that, what a maintenance level would be. And then we're going to subtract calories from that. Okay. So as soon as you add in 15 to 20% of your calories back from what you were doing, it's going to be like the lights turn. Oh, it was dark. (laughs) Now it's light. Yeah. Like, wow, what, what a change. And it's going to feel like you're in this crazy surplus and it's going to feel like you're eating too much, probably for a little bit. You're going to be like, I don't, this doesn't even feel right. You know, but if you were doing, if the cut went well and the fat loss phase went well, I mean, you will feel like that. Oh, I don't know if yeah. I can do this. You know, there'll be a little right. bit of doubt. Like you, you feel like you shouldn't be eating that much when in actuality, it's exactly what you need. And it's going to help you like regain that energy, uh, probably stack on a little bit of muscle while maintaining that low weight. Because remember, we're mm-hmm. not going up crazy. We're not nope. using those cheat meals or uh, as Chris was talking about, like these hedonistic, like just blowouts, you know, like it's mm-hmm. very structured. But you're going to feel like you're doing something wrong because it feels so good. And, <laughs> right. And we're and, not used to that. Right. Yeah. Especially after coming yeah. out of a fat loss phase. This fat loss phase can be really tough. It can be really hard. Yeah. So all of a sudden, when your body, your mind, uh, your hormones go through a reset, everything just calms down, and your body's like, "Oh, thank goodness!" Yeah, I'm so much. We like happier. to call that homeostasis. Homeostasis. The, there you go. Yeah, think of that as you achieving zen, right? Yeah, sure. It's just where your body loves to be, and it's better equipped to actually adapt right to the stimulus and right. to the food and the calories, and it's going to be a body that can partition those nutrients in a more effective manner because again you made it a well-oiled machine that's right by going through this process so it knows exactly what to do with that nutrients and where to put them yeah exactly and then and then you stay in maintenance for a while now the the duration of maintenance this is this is a topic of discussion as well that i've i've read quite a bit about and um there's like there's quite a bit of research to um, support it um and chris i would love to get your two cents here on, on sure. what you recommend to clients. Um, what I usually do is I, we do at least 
four weeks of maintenance. Now that's not jumping up right to a maintenance calorie necessarily. Yeah. That might be two weeks increase and then hold for two weeks. And then depending on where we're at, we make a decision from there. Yep. Um, other trains of thought would be to jump right up to maintenance and skip those intermediate levels. Um, there's also the train of thought that says a maintenance phase should last between 60 and 100% of the time you cut. So mm. this is this is this one I thought was a little bit ex- extreme, especially for that 100%. Because if you cut for 12 weeks and it's a really successful cut, what some studies suggest is that you should maintain for 12 for, weeks. Right. Yeah. And the idea, but 60% of that would be about seven weeks. Exactly. So if we're talking okay. about a minimum of a month, you're, right. you're probably going to end up in that spectrum somewhere. And I say again, yeah. a minimum, we're talking four weeks, you know, four, yeah, four weeks, call yeah. four weeks. We got to give it some time to pan out and see actually what's happening. You exactly. Observe the data, be objective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the, some of the papers that I've read, that's their, um, that's the reasoning for a maintenance phase taking as long as a cut. Like mm. you didn't lose 30 pounds um, the first week of your cut and then maintained it. Like it took you 12 weeks to lose 30 pounds. And this is, yeah. that's a, that's an arbitrary number, but it took you that long to, to um, achieve that to goal. To lose it. Yeah. Right. Therefore you should spend the equal amount of time maintaining it before you make another decision. So yeah, I think that that's, that's, that's a long time. That's a yeah. long time. Um, but uh, any thoughts on that? Any or, or your personal like opinion towards uh, maintenance phases? Um, I think it comes back to it. It depends on the individual. So I've had sure. individuals yeah. or clients where I said, okay, well, it it it's dependent on their skill set, their knowledge, and their execution. You know, like um, success of the cut, the success of the cut, and the success of the individual to be disciplined to the task at hand. Yeah. Um, so if I get somebody that basically had a very difficult fat loss phase and it took a, a long time or whatever, we might spend a little more time in, in maintenance because it's just like, let's take a break. Let's observe. Uh, it, it, it's also based on like, okay, well, what's the next phase of your life? Or like, are you, did your lifestyle change where you can't train like you did when you were losing fat? Right. Like, are you actually easing up or have during that process? Did you learn that doing more workouts isn't necessary and that you found the minimum effective dosage of workouts and you're now enjoying just strength training two to three times a week while enjoying being outside uh, more often and getting your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, a you know your meat up to maintain that lifestyle habit without having to do as much work to maintain it. Um, or have you shown me that you are can be super precise no matter what life throws at you? And if I were to just go ahead and bump your calories up three to five hundred calories, you could just do it and stick to it and be happy with it. Cool, I'm willing to try that. Yeah. You know, so it just depends. It totally um, depends. And like I mentioned, when I kind of took myself through that experience, I had never done an aggressive deficit for fat loss in a structured way, anyway. Um, and um, I did it, and I had pretty great results. It, was I super precise, and did I have some days where I wasn't sure? But for the most part, this was my first time trying it out, and I'm eager to try it again after this bulking phase that I just put myself through. Cool. Um, to to check that out because uh, for me, I want to get the results as quicker as quickly as I can, so I can get back to maintenance and enjoy life. You yeah, know? totally. Um, and I will tell everyone listening right now that I have had a much better time maintaining and increasing my weight and putting muscle mass on than I ever have trying to 
chase fat loss. <laughs> I will tell you that right now. Love it. I have felt better. Um, my energy, my mood, my mental fog, my fatigue, uh, my hormone balances, my testosterone levels, all these things across the board have all just been great and checked out my libido. All these things are positive, you know, and that's what we want for people. Like, I feel like I'm thriving. I'm not depriving myself. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I would always prefer my clients to thrive rather than deprive themselves. But understandably, certain phases do require, as we said, mm -hmm. delayed gratification. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So how do you like, uh, how do you structure your own personal stuff through the year when you're maintaining phasing because you know you're you're a muscular guy you know you've always carried I like to a think pretty so. good amount of muscle i like to think uh so. don't think dude we I know try. we've seen you okay <laughs> <laughs> um so what, what i what i like to do is take myself through three phases throughout the year and usually it's three months so 90 days three months of a fat loss phase one month of maintenance. Hmm. Then it's three months of mass phase, one month of maintenance. And the last one, the last block, right? This would take mm -hmm. me to 12 months, three months and a maintenance phase depends on if I feel like I need to go back to a cutting phase or mm -hmm. if I'm having good results in my mass phase, then I'll do another month of that. But no matter, or I'm sorry, another 90 days of that, but no matter what, there's always a maintenance phase in between there. It's a month. And I understand Good. that according to some papers and some suggested, uh, timeframes that that might be a little bit low, mm -hmm. but generally that's what I, um, like to do. And I, that's three blocks, you know, through the whole year, four months each. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I, I find that it keeps it really simple. Um, yeah. you know, the maintenance, I like, I like to try to time it out. So the mass phase is in the fall and maintenance phase is over the holidays. Uh, the first cutting phase is the, you know, after the new year, then the maintenance phase happens around spring break time. Uh, the phase going into summer that depends on, uh, if I really want to start massing up and then maintain for part of the summer, or if I want to cut down a little bit more and maintain for part of the summer, but those maintenance phases, I try to be strategic about around the times when it's going to be hard to diet anyways. Like yes. the month of July is it's my birthday. It's July 4th. There's lots of travel. There's people coming to visit you because where we live, it's like the nicest month out of the year. There's all sorts of things going on. Probably don't want to be as super strict um, during that month um, yeah. because it would be really hard. And I would be like, ah, sorry guys, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to set this one out. You know, I don't really want to do that. Um, yeah. I, I, at one time in my life I did and it worked, sure. it worked fine. But at this point in my life, I'm not really interested in that. So yeah. that the holidays is another thing, you know, we have little Milo right now. We take him all over the place. Mm -hmm. He, yeah. everybody wants to see, no one cares about us when you have a right. small child, no one cares about you. Yeah. It's all about the kid, yeah. which is great. <laughs> we love it, but we're going to see the grandparents. We're going to mm -hmm. see great grandparents. We're going to see all these people. And it's like through the holidays, that's another really challenging time. So Thanksgiving through New Year's, I'm not going to be so worried about it. I'm going to be uh, mindful about what I eat, but I'm not going to be so concerned about adhering to a strict cutting plan, yes. nor really a, a massing uh, plan. Um, yeah. So that's how that's what I like to do for my years. I love that, dude. Yeah. Uh, mine is very similar, and I would love to tell you about it after I take a break to go pee real quick. You got Same. it. 
jittery. So we'll take a hey, break. Can we mark the clip right now. Yeah, we'll take a break for our. <laughs> we'll take a break for our sponsor. Whether you're an athlete pushing for maximum performance, a weekend warrior who wants to look as strong as you feel, or want to improve your general health and wellness, nailing down your nutrition is a big part of getting you there. The expert coaches at Working Against Gravity are here to help you navigate it all. We've worked with over 30,000 clients, and our team of certified nutrition coaches has years of experience helping people just like you reach their fitness and aesthetic goals. We'll match you with a one-on-one coach who will provide a personalized macronutrient plan, weekly expert guidance, and the accountability you need to get results and sustain them long-term. No more unsustainable crash diets or flavor of the month internet fads. WAG's evidence-based, flexible approach fits any lifestyle and will help you develop the skills, habits, and mindset you need to maximize your health and performance while achieving your goals. Head to workingagainstgravity.com and click join now to read about our two-tier options, Nutrition Coaching Essentials and Nutrition Coaching Plus with video calls. Then use coupon code INSIDEWAG to receive $50 off your first month. Get the needle moving today with Working Against Gravity. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> or they, they, they do. They have these things. Uh, David Sedaris wrote, wrote a piece about these things called Stadium Pals. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't get into the details of the Stadium yeah. Pal on the podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it might, 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 be, it might be a thing. But also, yeah. <laughs> also not really. I think, it's, I think yeah, things no. are going to be okay. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, maintenance phase. Your, well, not, not maintenance phase. How do you structure your diets throughout the year? Um, honestly, not that different than you. Um, what I've learned over the years, so like, you know, I, I experienced the 60 pounds of fat loss gain, like 15 pounds of muscle mass, uh, which I could confirm through DEXA scans, um, that that was the case. And so I had those metrics to work with. And then I just cruised for a little while, you know, I maintained my weight and I, and like I always say, like losing 60 pounds was priceless, but having the knowledge and the skills and the discipline to keep it off for the first time in my life, priceless nothing will ever amount to being able to maintain, say I maintain my weight for the last six plus years. Um, so then it was like, all right, well, let's see how I can build the body, the foundation of my body a little bit more. You know, I'm t- turning 42 this year. I want to carry more muscle mass. Yeah. Um, some years ago I got diagnosed with psoriasis, uh, autoimmune disorder, uh, that kind of rocked my world, took me out of training. I had to figure this out. I had to kind of put some stuff on pause and like really attack this and figure this out. So my goal was health. I was like, I wanted to thrive. I didn't want to feel depleted. And some of the lowest weights that I ever hit in my life were when I wasn't even trying to, Yeah, which is an interesting thing. Like once I let up and just let be, you know, it just happened. And so it was an interesting thing. And plus, you know, some health stuff in there, but I wanted to come back. I wanted to build back and build back stronger and be better and like get my, you know, and have energy and, and justify being able to eat more food, period. <laughs> like that's a great place to be. So yeah, I structure yeah. my life in the same way. So I've been trying to just intentionally build muscle mass and take myself through phases of bulking. Um, I've, you know, I've tried like a three to six month bulking phase and obviously being completely accepting that there's going to be some fat gain with sure, that, but sure. no biggie. All I got to do is take myself through a fat loss phase on the other side, preserve the muscle mass I just built lose the body fat that I just gained. And then my body composition changes. I get to look leaner, a little more filled out, all that. So I structure my phases of cutting, maintaining, maintaining, and bulking with the seasons. 
kind of like what you oh, said right and what's going on in life. Like, cause what I heard from you say is that you align it to the realities of your life yeah, and your lifestyle, right? Yeah. Which have changed having a kid in the last Absolutely. couple of years yeah. and we're different before that. And we'll be different when you guys have another kid coming right. up on the way. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So like yeah. it's, you're just constantly adapting to life That's right. because life will never not throw things your way. So buckle up. <clears throat> and so, um, Wintertime, right? Wintertime in Colorado, it's not that bad. It's pretty mild. But ultimately, I find it far easier to be in my garage gym in the wintertime mm -hmm. when there's nothing going on, far less social events. Uh, I don't want to be outside as much because I have psoriasis and it messes with my skin and it's not a good place to be. Sure. I tend to just kind of hole up and try to minimize my time while still getting outside for walks and things like that. So being in the gym makes sense. So bulk right there, bulking phase, yeah, yeah. right? I want to eat more food in the wintertime anyway because it aligns with... <laughs> holidays when more of those foods are around and all that stuff. So I can put all that food to good use, yeah. right? And building, storing, like filling up my glycogen stores, put, building, repairing muscle tissue, all that stuff. And so I generally will do the three month bulking phase, maybe six months over the winter time. Cause why not just keep building, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, through yeah. that phase. Um, spend a month in maintenance, or I might do the, like what I did last year, the aggressive deficit for four to six weeks sure. just to get there. And then I go into maintenance for the summer where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I don't want to be in my gym as much cause it's hot in there. Yeah, And <laughs> um, it's just like nice to be outside. Yeah, you dude, I live in Colorado. Of course I want to be outside. Yeah, you like, my be backyard outside. is a playground. I'm a hiker. I'm a cyclist. <laughs> I like going four-wheeling. Uh, I like riding my motorcycle. Like I like going camping. Like I want to put more time and effort into those things. And so I, I strip my training down to like two to three days of just intentional building. I'm just doing the, enough sets and working body parts enough to just basically maintain the stimulus on my muscle mass to yeah. preserve it after working hard to put it on and then get to go and enjoy other things. And my lifestyle style factors contribute to staying leaner through the summertime because I am getting outdoors more. I'm doing the minimum effective dosage of strength training for the stimulus and all that stuff. And then I have more freedom to maintain my weight because I'm not having to be as precise so I can stay engaged in my normal disciplines with nutrition, have a night out at a comedy show, have a couple of drinks, go to a barbecue, do this. And it's not that big of a deal because right. I'm not fighting against what my reality is. Yeah. You know, expecting something that's in complete opposition of what I'm living. Right. Yeah. And that's that mindset cue. Like you have to be ready. You have to be intentional. You have to have purpose in these things. And then, you know, summer starts to fade away. Come fall, winter, weather changes. I could be in my gym more. And, and so that I just start to switch again and I go into another bulking phase. So I've basically been at that for like roughly two years now, post psoriasis and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm in a pretty good place and I'm feeling stronger. You know, I was only lifting like 30, 35 pound dumbbells for the most part in most of my sets and presses. And I'm doing 65, 70 pounds per dumbbell and chest press. And you had, you had asked me that like a couple of years ago, I would have said, uh, probably. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm going to keep going so I can see myself <laughs> getting there. And yeah. so I just had that commitment to it cause I was curious. Yeah. And so, you know, and so it's been a pretty good place. So I'm excited to see the fruits of my labor pay off in the next fat loss that I do. And I'll definitely share those results with people online, but yeah. like, yeah, you know, that's so, awesome. Yeah, it's not that's too different from you, man. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I mean, for Chris, we don't even really need to talk about bulking it, yeah. really because what Chris just described is exactly it. Like you're in a calorie surplus, you're eating more food, like mm -hmm. more consistently to support your 
either like weight gain. Some people Mm -hmm. want to just gain weight. I know some people, that's hard for some people to believe that people would want to gain weight, but yeah. Well, weight Um, classes for competitive athletes. Weight classes for competitive athletes, going through like specific massing cycles where you're ramping up specific lifts in order to get stronger in those lifts or put on muscle mass. Like all of that requires a calorie surplus. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to get, you're not going to get very far building muscle in a calorie deficit. You're going to be able to maintain probably, you know, you'll probably lose some, but you'll probably be able to maintain what you got. But -hmm. if you're looking to gain and you're looking to really put the effort in to gain muscle mass, you need that surplus. So that's exactly what Chris was talking about. It's, 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 Right, right to a T. That was great. Yeah, was a great description. And lean into it and enjoy it. Enjoy it's a it. Great thing to do. Like enjoy it. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I, I, this the the maintenance phase and the surplus. For some, not for everyone, it's a hard concept to grasp because mm-hmm. the idea of purposefully gaining weight seems so foreign um, <laughs> to, to people, yeah. and I can I can understand why if you know the the if the the feed that you're getting from social media and from the media in general it it goes back to that less and less and less less is more Mm -hmm. kind of thing that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast it's really hard to break that idea that you need to constantly be cutting or constantly be you need this detox tea you need this um fancy wrap yeah this wrap oh lord keto carnival yeah you need these special diet pills it's really hard to escape the grasp that those have had on society in general not just like you as a person like society in general struggles with that to this day i think we're very fortunate that we're living in an era where um body positivity is a more prominent thing and gaining weight and eating uh to support your goals as a lifter or just as a to be healthy in general is gaining more prominence. Um, But those, the, the the teeth of the diet fads and the pills and the fancy things that, that you, the magic bullets, quick fixes. Yeah. yeah, That stuff still got its grips on a lot of people. um, And it's hard to break that. So um, take it from us, take it from two coaches that have been doing this for a while. And the rest of our staff that has been doing this for a while. It's okay to not cut all the time. Yes, it's necessary to go through maintenance phases. It's really great and it's really fun to go through surplus phases. And then that makes your cutting phases even more rewarding when you see the hard work that you've put in actually come into fruition and and, and you feel that um, you feel that gratification with all yeah. the work that you've done. It's a really positive thing. These different cycles and phases that we're talking about can be a really positive thing. Absolutely. And you're not going to know it until you try it, you know, until you just kind of break free of your own restrictions and the things you've put on yourself or that social media has put on you to try something different. Yeah. Because that's what we're here to do. Like we're here to support you, but we're also here to keep you, your eye on the prize. You know, if you're saying you want this thing, but you're over here doing that, we have to be like, hey, come back over here, you know, and we're here to kind of keep you mostly on the straight and narrow on your path. Everyone's path is never going to be a straight line. It's going to be this wobbly, you know, right. taking some off ramps, <laughs> yeah, getting back on the on ramp on the highway again, hitting some speed bumps along yeah, the way. Of course. Ultimately, we're here to keep you focused on the prize so you don't deviate from the road too much yeah. or for too long and in whatever phase or goals that you have, you know. And we're here to help you do that. And if you guys are interested in getting coached by 
any one of the amazing coaches on the Working Against Gravity Nutrition Coaching staff, you could use code InsideWag at checkout for $50 off your first month That's right. of membership. That's right. And um, yeah, and we could show you another way. Yeah. You know? 100%. 100%. <laughs> So the gang, I mean, that's we we covered a lot in this episode. Um, Chris is going to link a couple of those articles in the show notes. Yep. Um, so be sure to check those out if you want like a little bit more in depth um, explanations and resources than maybe what uh, we just talked about. Because um, yes. we could go on and on. Believe me, we could go on mm-hmm. and on about all these three phases for sure. Um, but we're not going to. Uh, this is a great way. To, nope. This is a great spot to end the podcast. <laughs> um, and we just once again, thank you all for listening so much. Uh, we're so happy to have new listeners basically every week. Um, it's so exciting. Um, so thank you. Your, your attention is the most valuable asset uh, that anyone could ever ask for. And we appreciate you donating a little bit of your time to our uh, little podcast every single week. So a yeah. sincere thank you. For that. Love you all. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gang. We'll see you guys next time.